Well, what's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is This Is Pro Wrestling, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest sport of all time, professional wrestling. And I am here, as always, with my hetero life mates at This Is Dr. Stinson, the doctor. Hello. What's up, everybody? And also, this masked man in the corner to Whoa. my that side. Whoops. That side over there. This guy used to be Will Martin. I'm not sure who he's going as now. Hello, that's not Will. Will Will never wears his hat canned like that again. My name is Mill Mill Wharton. Mill Wharton. Mill Wharton. The great lucha door. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot, man. Just kidding. It's too hot under here. Whoa, oh, it is. Man. Hold on, it is Will. Oh, oh it's man. Will. Congratulations. Hey, Will. It's so the good unmasking. to see you. Good to have me, man. Speaking <laughs> of hellos, hello to, again. hello to yeah, Front Row. Don't. Hello to Brian Rosa. Hello, Woodland Goblin. Hello, Roscoe. Hello, Ryan. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're happy to be here. Today is just a simple, casual, laid back time, and we're going to talk about masked wrestlers today it's just a round table talking about mass wrestlers and uh yeah that's it thanks ryan for hitting us up on youtube and facebook that makes us feel good to have viewers in both spots uh guys how you, how you been doing ah, it was a great day man great happy easter uh everybody um to all my friends and everybody we had a fantastic uh get together with the uh, Tanya's parents uh, today and, you know, did Easter egg hunts and the whole thing. And uh, all day she was, we're, we've been talking about mass wrestling, believe it or not. Cause she asked the uh, first thing this morning, what our show topic was going to be tonight. And I'm like, man, we're talking about mass wrestlers. We're doing this ra- round table thing on Sunday nights now. And um, so, so we've been talking about that literally all day long on Easter Sunday. Well, that's good. I uh, I wish that that's what I had been talking about all day on Easter Sunday. I said, I've been with family, and they didn't want to talk about masked wrestlers. Will, <laughs> how you been? Good, man. My internet is creeping, so if you see my camera cut out, it's because I'm trying to actually hear what you guys are saying, because I missed that whole everything you guys just said. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm stoked to be talking about mass wrestlers. It's a cool topic. I'm excited for us to be doing these roundtable discussions on Sunday nights. I think it'll be fruitful. I had some great conversation in our discord earlier about this topic. So looking forward to jumping into it. Perfect. Well, uh, unless you guys have something else, I mean, we could just jump right into it and start talking about masked wrestlers. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, guys have a place you want to start. Um, you know, in our discord, uh, there were lots of fans of Lucha Libre and, uh, well, I guess the best place I, I should bring this up, Rob is, is uh, you, you can shed some light on this. You, you educated us on the opera cup, uh, on our latest episode of pro wrestling history, which you can find over at TIPW show. You hit us up on any of the social medias in the bio. You can find a link to our podcast. If you follow, this is pro wrestling and subscribe. Um, we're doing a history of pro wrestling and episode four of that. We've worked our way through, through the history of pro wrestling. We're, we're working out the framework and we are at the area, the early 1900s, the opera cup. And, uh, 
the big tournament where one of the main attractions at that tournament that caused all kinds of media scruffles, kerfluffles, all kinds of uffles. Truffles. Was, uh, yep, truffles. Truffles. <laughs> it was a guy truffles, by the name muffles. of the masked, masked Marvel. And uh, he made his first appearance and the media couldn't handle it. They were like looking for who is this guy? What is this guy about? And so they were like stalking him everywhere. So if you guys aren't familiar with that story, you got to check out that episode of This is Pro Wrestling History. But it uh, feels like a good place to start, I suppose. Uh, Rob, what were sure. you thinking? No, I agree. Yeah. And I think we make the point to say uh, very clearly in that particular discussion, depending on which version of the discussion you guys hear. But we made the point to say that that the masked uh, Marvel may have been the first like great mass wrestler of notoriety but he probably was not the first and and you know if you if you go some if you just do some light googling and look at the wikipedia article on mass wrestlers you'll find that as early as uh, the 1865 world fair there's a wrestler that does show up quite a bit in our discussions t-bow bauer that may or may not is alleged to have uh wrestled under a mask known as a very creative and original name the mass wrestler um a lot of mystery ah, surrounding yes. that name uh, there is some debate uh, over uh, whether or not it was really T-Bow Bauer. I think there was one other guy that's name was thrown in the mix. Uh, but, you know, most people agreed that that was that. And then the first guy to really, really become a sensation, as it were, was uh, was Mass Superstar, or excuse me, the Mass Marvel, who we uh, we know, we allege to be uh, Mort Henderson. Um, again, there are some people that, that mm -hmm. say that Mort Henderson wasn't, wasn't uh, the mass Marvel, but I think most of us, have, you know, would say that that's probably a, not even a debate anymore. Will, you just look. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm getting bits and pieces. I'm getting bits and pieces of everything you guys are saying. So until my internet is more stable, I'm not going to just interject because I may be saying something you already should. said. But I think you should just interject and see if you could guess what we're saying. Like just okay. Well, I mean, just in case you guys don't know, you know, we talked about uh, on episode four of the uh, history podcast. <laughs> oh man! So, so uh, I think a common misconception. We were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but like Lucha Libre is is well known for masked wrestling, but it's not really necessarily where it began, and it, it may have evolved somewhat out of that, but. There's an interesting history with mass just to throw that in there. I mean, we've we've all got a lot of favorites, but I, I think I guess that the the standard knowledge right now is that the the Mexican wrestlers, Lucha Libre, like it seemed to be the ones that really carry the torch for masked wrestling right now. But it wasn't always that way, right? Right. I mean, uh, mass wrestling and jump in anytime, Will. Mass wrestling was uh, was largely a European uh, and then later an American and Canadian phenomenon. Uh, and at some point, um, a man by the name of Cyclone McKay ended up working down in Mexico uh, briefly and uh, was an American guy. And it just it just took on there. Uh, you'll see people talk about the Aztec Inc. and Mayan influence in, in uh, mass wrestling in the Lucha Libre style. And while it probably did not originate that way, again, the very first masked uh, person of note in Mexico was an American. Um, that certainly doesn't mean that it did not grow to, be, to have all that significance, because I think now in the landscape, 
mass wrestling is far more important there than in any other place in the world. And it's very, very serious. It's, it's semi-religious there. It has a spiritual connotation and, uh, you know, my wife and I, we were talking before we went live. My wife and I like to vacation in Tulum, Mexico. It's a, it's a beautiful area, but there in the popular culture, it's everywhere. I mean, there are murals, they have restaurants. I mean, mass wrestling is it. Um, and, uh, it's just very, very much a part of the, of the, of the, uh, it seems like at some point, most wrestlers who start, you know, who break into Lucha Libre style at some point are going to don a mask in their career down there. But uh, fantastic, man. It's just a beautiful culture. It's very rich. It's it's become much more rich than how it began, I guess is what we're trying to say. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that when we decided we were going to dive into this topic and I was was digging around a little bit, um, I just kind of, I guess, assumed based on the current landscape of pro wrestling that, you know, the origins were in Mexico with Lucha Libre style. But you know, like you said, I mean, it was European, North American, and eventually caught caught hold down there. But I will say that the you can go back and look. The European, the North American uh, mass wrestlers were very not creative. <laughs> um, they were just solid color masks. Usually looked pretty dull. Um, and so the the lucha libre, the Mexican. Uh, you know, promotions that picked it up and really ran with it, took it and evolved it into something super creative. And like you said, kind of a religion. I mean, a very, you know, strong hold in their wrestling culture. And they really elevated it and made it, you know, what it is today when we think about a masked wrestler and the different, you know, ornamental headpieces that they wear and, and the rich history there. It definitely uh, became that down in Mexico. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, to, to look at how it's evolved from that and even, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but what does it mean today? I mean, in 2021, you know, mass wrestling is obviously still a thing, but how big of a thing and, you know, what, what place does it have in, in wrestling? It's just always an interesting thought and conversation to have. Um, Gary, there, there have been, I mean, this conversation could go a lot of directions. I mean, you have different uses of the mask where sometimes mask has, has been used to <clears throat> conceal an identity. Sometimes mask is the persona, like in the Lucha Libre style where, you know, they, they kind of take on that, uh, that what's the, the uh, avatar, as it were. Um, and then there have been uh, mask used to extend careers. There's not even agreement. And this came up in our chats on social media today, even with uh, David Marquez. They're not even universal agreement on what constitutes a mask wrestler. So that that's great because some would say, you know, you had Abyss uh, that was a mask wrestler. And Marquez, who's more of a traditionalist, would say, no, he didn't. You know, he didn't wear a mask. I mean, he certainly wore a face covering, but he, he didn't have the mask in the in the classical sense. And then you have to look at, well, what about wrestlers who at one point wore masks as part of their as part of their gimmick or part of their style? And then you have to throw in names like Cahagas and the Great Muda, who wore face paint but would often wear masks to the ring and then take the mask off. Um, you know, you've got. I guess the the abyss question is really interesting because yeah, it doesn't look like a traditional mask where you know the the your identity is tied up with the mask. But again, I don't think that's essential to what a mask wrestler is. And you've got a lot of wrestlers that that kind of fall into that style of mask wearing when you think of people like Big Van Vader or Kane or even the Fiend uh, that wear those types of fa uh, face coverings that aren't more traditional. But I mean, I guess I, I think 
you know, I don't want to quibble too much here. I think Marquez makes a good point. If you want to talk about your traditional mass wrestler, like your your mass guy, Blue Demon Jr. is your is your NWA World Champion, who's held who's, who was a was a mass wrestler. Whereas Abyss Kane Vader, at one point or another, did or didn't wear a mask, or the mask was more part of just the the uh, the um, aesthetic of the of their costume or ring outfit. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect yeah, it sense. Does. It's and interesting. I, oh, good, Will. Yeah, no, I was going to say. I mean, that's that's a great, I think, place to start this discussion. What constitutes as you know a mass wrestler, and we're getting you know different answers in the chats. Um, but one that stuck out to me that you just mentioned that I kept reading about in conversations about mass wrestlers was was Big Van Vader, who you know I know at times he wore more of of a face covering mask, uh, especially when he was in Japan. But, you know, as we know, throughout his career, he had kind of the strap mask that really did nothing to conceal his identity. Um, and then you got guys like Mankind, who obviously we all knew who it was. It was not an identity concealer. Um, it was part of, of, you know, the persona and part of the character um, and, you know, didn't cover up his whole face either. So, I mean, I think that's a great place to start. I mean, for me, for my opinion, I, I do think I lean a little more traditional in the sense that like when you say to me a masked wrestler, that is somebody whose identity is concealed and they're, you know what I mean? Their, their face is covered. I don't know who it is. Um, and so I, I'm not saying, you know, don't throw guys like Vader and uh, mankind and stuff like that into the mix. Um, but that's not typically what I first think of when I'm thinking of a mass wrestler. I don't think it's that way for me either. Like I think generally I think of like the full mask that I always have, like your Ray Mysterios and that kind of thing. But uh but it is interesting because it when it got brought up and like every place that discussion's been going on, I've seen uh our our buddy Carnivore J who like jumps in on the Discord all the time. He's in the chat. He his first go-to was Mankind. Mankind was the first guy that he started paying attention to in WWE and he considered him a masked wrestler. Like that was the first name that came out. So it's hard to deny like those guys. And you certainly do see folks like Vader and, and that sort of thing included in those conversations. Right. If you mean, if you mean, you know, the mask is a, is a, uh, is a covering just merely a covering, then, you know, where does that land you with like face paint? Because again, you have like the, like the great Muda or Cahagas, who did wear masks. Now they would come to the ring in masks, you know, elaborate masks, kind of like big Van Vader's. And then they would take it off. And invariably at some point in their career, they would still have face paint on. Um, the identity point is a really interesting point. And by the way, I think that these kinds of discussions are very fruitful. I think they only enrich our investigation and are delving deep into the history of the sport. So I'm not, I don't get bent out of shape if Dave Marquez wants to say that Abyss is not a mass wrestler. I know what he's talking about. I get it. Uh, and I don't get bent out of shape if someone wants to stand by their guns and say, no, Abyss was a mass wrestler and he was the first. I'm cool with either way. I think we're, we're getting at different things there. But uh, um, like um, what is a what is a mask? You know, what makes a mask? What constitutes a mask? And for me, um, the identity thing doesn't even do it either, because then you, you have you have points in history where masks were worn as a loophole and kind of as a as a a, a flip the bird to authority in the case of my favorite, one of my favorite mass wrestlers, the midnight rider, obviously in the case of question mark who, uh, uh, 
you know, we all knew exactly who he was. And then like guys like the Patriot, you know, who looked a lot like Hulk Hogan. I can't verify that he was obviously he always seemed to hold his head a little bit differently. Hogan never did that. Uh, you know, he had a, just a slight millimeter, you know, his, his arms were just a slight millimeter, a little bit. I think you're talking about Mr. America, right? Yeah. Mr. Mr. America, Mr. America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not the Patriot. Gosh, forgive me. That's old. But, uh, um, <laughs> but it's just, it's just, I think these kinds of discussions, I, I'd love to get in, you know, go day drinking, go down to Chattanooga downtown, go to a bar and just sit in there and have hash the debate out, you know, is abyss or mass west or not? What constitutes a mask? Is it an identity issue? What are we doing right it, now? It's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. These are these are great. <laughs> no, these we have to be day drinking right. in Chattanooga. It's <laughs> the only way. So day sorry. Thanks everyone for joining. Hey, one of us is. One of us is. Yeah, blue blazer. <laughs> hey. I see blue ba- blazer in there. Oh, mm. Yes, indeed. All right. No. I guess so, if you're gonna press cheers, me, I'm gonna come. Cheers, down. everybody. I'm going to no, probably come down on the. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and answer. The oh, I, We're not going to get go... those queen harmonies intact with us. It's like, <laughs> I don't know where our connection's at. I think we're like weird on a connection or something. But anyway, we have to, yeah. let's raise our hands. If you need to speak, raise your hands and uh, Gary will call on you. Uh, no, <laughs> I guess the. I, I was uh, just gonna... uh... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead, Will. I was just going to say. Uh, that for me, that um, the the you know if you're going to be logical about it, a mask wrestler is technically anyone who wears a mask. So Vader's a mask wrestler, Mankind's a mask wrestler, um, Abyss you know is a mask wrestler. So like technically that's. But when you talk in terms of like wrestling philosophy, there's a different connotation a mask wrestler has for me personally, which is when I think of. Uh, you know, the midnight rider and, uh, you know, guys like, um, you know, black scorpion and yellow dog and all those WCW mass wrestlers that, that I had growing up where the, the hidden identity was kind of the draw of it. Um, and there's, you know, there's a difference between the hidden identity thing, like you're talking about too, and wrestlers who made their careers as a mass wrestler who you don't know their identity. That was who they were. You know, so there's there's definitely different levels of being a mass wrestler. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd go for a tiered system. You know, there there's a there are tiers to what is and isn't a mat. You know, you've got a classical sense where I think is where Marquez came down at. That's probably kind of like where my heart is, just being a traditionalist. Um, I'm just shocked to find out that Cover Moon is Brian Rose's wife. He married that lady. She's phenomenal. Did you see that? Anyway, I, yeah. I thought he was. He said his wife spoiled it for him. I don't think he said. That oh, okay, it was maybe her, he's right. Not it's not the same person. I had no clue. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I had no clue who Con- Cobra Moon was until gotcha. I see. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Um, Nobody knows who Cobra Moon is. You got yeah. a tier, a classical, a classical definition where you <laughs> you know you got your you got your mass superstars, your Mister Wrestling two, your spoilers, your uh, you know Doctor X's, your sensational intelligent destroyers all those guys like that and then you've got your second tier which would be anybody that dons a face covering uh in the exercise of of wrestling and that would be your uh, abysses and your mankinds invaders not really concealing the identity it's more for aesthetic or intimidation and then you got a third tier that sometimes uses incorporates a mask in their 
in their ring gear, but doesn't necessarily wrestle in a mask. And I'm thinking of guys like Muda and Cahagas, who, who I think Muda might wrestle in a mask from time to time, but uh, I know they both come to the ring uh, frequently, or they came to the ring frequently in masks and then would take them off. You know, I know, uh, you know, guys like the great Kabuki and Muda also employed that Kabuki style, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't like part of their ring gear that they were wrestling in. So you got tiers of what, constitutes mass wrestling so it's it's really interesting man i guess my heart lies in in the uh i guess the classic school of thought that you know blue demon jr there's no doubting it's kind of like gosh and i hate this analogy but the, you know someone talks about like pornography you can't really define it but you know it when you see it you know what i mean Ooh. i know gary does uh a mass wrestler in a classic <laughs> sense you can't really define it but you know it when you see it <laughs> well oh, it's boy. interesting <laughs> Just had a similar conversation on the movie podcast about horror movies. Like you can't argue like what scares you. You know, you can't argue someone being out of being scared. So like if some, it's all subjective, you know. So yeah, like is Jaws a horror movie? Right. You know, if it scares you. It's a scary movie. Yeah. Same same often works with porn. Can't argue somebody out of a boulder. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> So this is this is the kind of stuff you only get on the Sunday night shows. You can't you can't get this on the uh, Tuesday night on the official NWA channel shows. So welcome, no, glad yeah. to be here, Rob. Uh, let me ask you this: Who, okay. if you had to pick, like right now, thinking about it off the cuff, who is your favorite masked wrestler? And I want to know in the chat too. Throw them up. Who who your favorite masked wrestlers are? But uh, Rob, yeah, uh, I'm interested. yeah, man, there, there. Um, I've got a, I've got three or four that immediately just, I love them, man. They're among my favorites. Period. Master, not obviously as of late, uh, just because of what it, the influence it had on my, on my children and them growing up, and and this being sort of the catalyst for Piper, especially to get into wrestling. I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for for Joseph Hudson and the question mark. I think he. He was so creative and so uh, intelligent and was so familiar with the history of the business that he played the mass wrestler part to the to the nines. I mean, he he he, he nailed it uh, perfectly. He did everything. He I mean, he when he was in the mask, he was in the mask. He didn't break character. You know, he, and Gary, you've been at power tapings in the past where he's come out all sweaty as Joseph Hudson and like, hey, what's been going on? Like just as though you don't know what's going on, you know? So th there is a sense in which emotionally, I'm never going to get over the question mark. I think that it was just brilliant. I love them. When you look at the, you know, in the whole history of wrestling, the scope of wrestling, since I've been familiar with it, which would have been about, I first started getting into wrestling. Uh, my earliest memories of wrestling, I guess, would have been like 1979, 1980, when I was four or five years old. Um, and so there were some, some uh, names that just because I was more familiar with them, growing up that always stuck with me and meant something to me. Um, I, I can't help being, being something of an educated fan to always love like Mil Mascaris and uh, El Santo, but I didn't grow up with them. I read about them in PWI. Uh, I would see them, but I never got to really experience them growing up, you know, uh, just only from afar. But the people that I did grow up with were uh, like, uh, Dr. X, you know, the memory of Dr. X, the destroyer, um, Dick Byer, 
resonated in, in our house. So my dad was a big Dr. X fan. He only, he only uh, went as Dr. X in the, in the AWA until like 72. I wasn't born yet, but my dad was a huge Dr. X fan. And he was like the first wrestler to have like a cult phenomenon. You know, they had Dr. X t-shirts. There are magazines that I have on my shelf over here back from the, uh, from the sixties and seventies where you could buy these masks uh, from him, you know, um, I always like the mass superstar, Bill Eady. We, uh, many people know him as Demolition, Demolition Axe. Uh, he played a, a couple of different personas, but uh, mass superstar may be the greatest. Gosh, man, growing up in Georgia in the Carolina area, he was, I mean, he his feud with uh, Black Jack Mulligan. I was born in 76. This feud with Mac, Black Jack Mulligan happened in 1978. Um, and that summer, they had a... Uh, Gosh, correct me if I'm right. It was like a 12, a dozen 90-minute cage matches. 90-minute cage matches now. Blackjack Mulligan and Mass Superstar. And, of course, Mass Superstar, Mr. Wrestling Number 2, had an epic feud in the Florida, in the Georgia area, which is where I'm from. Mr. Wrestling Number 2 was fantastic. But if you're going to push me and pick, uh, you know, I have to pick my favorite Mass persona of all time next to like someone that has an emotional connection to me, like question mark, I'd have to say it's probably the Midnight Rider, Dusty Rhodes. I think that story is so intriguing, so hilarious. Uh, it had all the trappings of good story writing, intrigue, every, and, but it never lost that prize fighting feel either that we're so proud of because, you no, know, I mean, technically, the Midnight Rider defeated Flair for the championship and would have been the champion if only he had unmasked. The only problem is he couldn't unmask. Well, I don't know if he could or couldn't, but uh, but he would not unmask. And some people think that because underneath that mask was actually the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, who was serving a 60 or 90 day suspension at the time. And that would have meant permanent expulsion from Florida, uh, championship wrestling from Florida, which is where this whole uh, angle was being played out at the time during the territory days. Uh, so gosh, man, there's so many good ones, but those that I named, uh, you know, from, from a reverential standpoint, El Santo, Mil Mascaris, but like from a fan, like the ones that I admire that I could just sit there and watch footage of all day, Mr. Wrestling 2, Dr. X, the Mass Superstar and the Midnight Rider. Those are my tops, man. We'll throw Ron, it into what about the when, what about when, um, the Midnight Rider, uh, suddenly got in really good shape and appeared? with Dusty Rhodes. Um, right, so, I mean, they were there together. That's, that's the hole in the argument, right? That's the hole in the argument. I mean, like you, We have seen Dusty Rhodes and the Midnight Rider together. He looked a lot like either really uh, – looked very similar to Sam Houston, looked kind of like Magnum TA sometimes, even had the, yeah. the Magnum TA uh, curls hanging back. I mean, it, it, at any point, that's that's the, the mystery of – of uh, the Midnight Rider, he was onto some Mongrovian magic or something because he could shape shift and take on different bodily appearances at the snap of a of a finger. But yeah, no, you 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 raise a good point, Will. We'll throw it into the chat. There, we've got some folks like uh, Jared Fritz there saying uh, Serpentico is the uh, current favorite masked wrestler. Uh, Dead ahead, RA says uh, Wad Cena. Is his favorite. <laughs> Brian Rose is saying sexy star is his son's favorite mass wrestler. And well, we know why that is. And uh Front Row says uh huge fan of La Luchadora. And uh let's see here, John Farmer, uh Super Destroyer. And let's see here, Brian Rose to throw it in Mr. Wrestling One and Two were his favorites. Mr. Wrestling One, by the way, incidentally, is the favorite wrestler of uh 
of the governor of Georgia. <laughs> I, was, I, was about to, I was about to bring that up. When we went to the Capitol, people, it was the weirdest freaking thing. When we walked in there, the Senator Mike Mullis first was Jeff first, Mullis. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Mullis. Sorry. When we first yeah. walked in there, he was just like, which one of you is wrestling one? That was like the first question. <laughs> and then we went and met the governor and he was like, who's wrestling one? And I looked at, I remember looking at Rob and be like, why is, why is Mr. Wrestling one the go-to wrestler for these guys? Well, they're, they're both, of all they the can't people. say, they can't say Mr. Wrestling too, because, uh, he, uh, you know, he had that famous iconic photograph of Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, Georgia's only president was a Democrat and both, uh, Kemp and Mullis are Republicans. So they have to go with Tim Woods, uh, Mr. Wrestling one, you know, as the, as the go-to, <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see here. Dave Scooby loved the masked machines. James Lawrence throwing in the Patriot, Lasertron, and Thunderfoot as his favorite wrestlers. Uh, Brian Rosa says, biggest hyped masked wrestler that was a bust was Glacier. <laughs> yeah. Front row, of course, throwing in Shockmaster. I'm sure that was your favorite. Uh, James Lawrence, Vader! But yeah. <laughs> uh well, so I asked Rob, that's what got that conversation started. Still interested in what all of you think, so please let us know. And uh, also, if you're new here, hit subscribe. We'd love to have you be a regular part of the show. Uh, but, Will, do, who, who is your favorite masked wrestler? Gun to head right now, literally. <laughs> well, putting a gun to your head. My, my favorite of, of all time and my childhood is Jushin Thunder Liger. That was the first nice. real, you know, because I was a WCW kid and he was very active in the WCW in the nineties um, and, you know, had so many great matches and I just loved, you know, his mask was not the standard, just, you know, head covering mask. He had the kind of horns coming out of it. And I mean, we can all agree just a legend of the sport. Um, but the first exposure I had as a kid to mass wrestlers was actually doom um, when they were still being managed by a woman and they were feuding with the Steiners. And uh, I think we watched a match of theirs when we uh, did our watch along of, of Starcade 89, that round robin tournament that we've mentioned um, a lot here frequently. But they were still masked at the time. Um, and then uh, and then in Clash of Champions 10, they were demasked when they lost to the Steiners. And then, as we know, they continued on as unmasked, you know, Butch Reed and Ron Simmons. Um, but another another one that sticks out in my mind, and I mentioned him earlier, but was Yellow Dog, who was Brian Pillman. But there was a lot of controversy around you know, his identity. Uh, I think Z-Man, Tom Zink was thrown in the mix there at some point. But that was one of the first storylines I remember as a kid when I had first actually got into wrestling that involved you know, a hidden identity masked wrestler. Um, but Jushin Thunder Liger, in the traditional sense of uh, a masked wrestler that you don't know their identity, um, but if you're going to ask me the logical side of me that's like any wrestler that wears a head covering, for me, it's Big Van Vader. Um, it just, to me, those are, as I said earlier, kind of two different things, but Vader was like, he was the guy, so... Yeah, um, that's interesting. Mine was always Arachnaman uh, from WCW. <laughs> Naturally, is that you background, Gary? Yeah, that's that's me. Uh, I'm showing a picture of Arachnaman here, and if you look above his left shoulder there, uh, <laughs> yeah. the 
Just giving him the mouth whoop, open. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. For I'm, Arsenio I'm Hall. Whoop, there. I'm your whoop. There it is. That is what I'm yelling. Hey, put that picture back up real quick, man. I think I see Dusty Rose in the audience. Put that look. Look at his as you're as you're facing it. This hand on the right. Look, look right there. Oh wow! Yeah, that is, <laughs> it's is like that Dusty, Dusty Rose, Rose back. <laughs> I don't know, man. It looks like him. <laughs> what is he doing back there? Uh, Arachnaman. Who who would have thunk it? Uh, that was a weird character. I, that one's always stuck out in my mind. I, I was a big Spider-Man fan, so I always remembered Arachnaman. Uh, nobody. Uh, Brian Rosa in the chat, making sure we mention La Parca. Nobody's mentioned La Parca yet, but. Yeah, always loved Laparka, the chairman. Uh, he, uh, he he's currently wrestling on a M- MLW right now, and uh, he he de, de Laparka, I think. Uh, and there's another one too, and I can't remember. There's a third one, but Los Parks. Uh, they got like a trio there. But anyway, uh, always loved those. Uh, let's see here, and uh, Ryan Wilcox mentioning Kamala. Wore a Ugandan mask to the ring occasionally. That's true. Uh, there are yeah. plenty of those. Um, I was looking through some lists, like trying to think of masked wrestlers. I I wasn't thinking of. Uh, there was there was Rob. There was Charlie Brown from out of town. Do you remember him? Charlie Brown was a, a, another good one, man. Uh, when when I think back to those territory days in Carolina, the mid south, and the uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Charlie Brown was a character that was invoked by Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. And uh, he was, uh, this was part and parcel of what seemed to be his eternal war with with Paul Jones and his army, man. They feuded, Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones feuded for like my the first half of my whole life, man. From 76 all the way up until, you know, Crocker Promotions finally, you know, it had to have been till 87 or 88, man. They were, they were at it, but, uh, but Charlie Brown, man, was Jimmy Valiant. Oh, I, I, allegedly, I can't prove it. There's, you know, there's no, they hadn't did a done DNA test or anything, but he, uh, he was a good one too, man. He was, all, we, he, we always cracked up when he would come out. My dad was a big Jimmy, uh, Boogie Woogie Man Valiant fan as well. So, <clears throat> Well, what else? What else should we talk about with masked wrestlers? I've got a few places we could go, but uh, Rob, did you have something in mind you were thinking of right off the top of your head? No, uh, John Stallman points out again, for those who have just now come in, that you know you have masked wrestling as early as the 1860s. We touched on this earlier uh, in, in, in France, I believe. Yes, he's France in the, at the World Expo or the World Fair, and he uh, evidently was T-Bode Bauer, who uh, was wrestling under the persona of the masked wrestler. And uh, then he comes to the States and there was some confusion and rumors over there. Perhaps might've been another guy that was actually the masked wrestler. And then you get to the opera cup in 1915, 1916 and the mass Marvel really becomes the, the first masked wrestler of any renown. And I, and I would put an asterisk on the masked wrestler thing. We don't know. I'm always afraid to say this is the first because someone Smarter than us always comes back and says, actually, in, you know, in 1803 in uh, the colonies, there was a guy named Sir Benedict, <laughs> Sir Benedict the Mask, <laughs> you know, Sir Benedict Cumbermask, you know, and there's always, <laughs> or something, you know, so, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah. 
Oh man. Well, uh, so I always, when I, my, my go-to, when I think of a best wrestler sometimes is, uh, well, do you remember when, uh, demolition existed? They were great as painted face. They also wore mass wrestlers, but, uh, one of them, Barry Darso also went on to be this great best wrestler, <laughs> the repo man. Uh, look at him. The, He's, ham- the hamburger. He's happy and he's hugging on his uh his thing there, his little chain, his toe, his toe cable, toe rope. Uh anyway, I just thought I'd mention the repo man as one that wasn't gonna get any love unless I brought him up. So I'm happy to have done so. Correct. Okay. What about do you remember when the Undertaker wore a mask? How about Ooh. that? The Phantom but, of the Ring there. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. I know you want to bust out the song. Yeah, sing us a song. <laughs> sing once again with me. Our Undertaker voice. <laughs> sing once again. <laughs> there you go. Or what about Mantar? Remember Mantar? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Incidentally, he is the official mass wrestler of Manscaped. So, oh, which man, you, uh, yeah, use code NWA pod for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com so you don't end up like Mantar. Uh, anyway, Mantar, and uh, I like how you say Ryan that. Wilcox pointing out the machines in WWF, Andre as the giant machine. Uh, let's yep. see here. Dave Scooby says, spent a summer in Dallas and saw Bruiser Brody at WCCW. Suddenly he disappeared. The next week, Red River Jack showed up to face Skandar Akbar's army. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Red River Jack, man. Very very similar size and build, uh, which was unusual in those days. I mean, you had guys like Black Jack Mulligan that were really big. We mentioned referenced him earlier, but yeah. that that was I remember that. <laughs> that was great. I was even looking through uh, stuff earlier at uh, – uh, Corporal K- Kirshner, he like came in as Leatherface at one time. So to, mm-hmm. to like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre gimmick, I mean, he wasn't like murdering people with the chainsaw or anything. I don't think, but uh, God. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Stallman also pointing out uh, uh, the other half of Demolition. There, Bill Eady was uh, all, as Axe was also the mass superstar. So yeah, Matt, Bill Eady is an interesting guy. He always seemed to be, uh, you know, he started in 1972 as a mass wrestler, as the medic. Uh, he broke into the business. Bill Eady did. Um, and then later on, he played Bolo Mongol, uh, which wasn't mass, but he, uh, you know, he, he definitely didn't look like he looks, you know, like he looks. I mean, he had would wear makeup and would have the Mongolian hairstyle. And then um, uh he George Scott, I think it was, suggested the mass superstar gimmick. He was even trained by um, uh, what, uh, Boris Malenko, I think, to rask with, wrestle with a distinct style, and uh, and 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 he became one of the greats. Again, he's in definitely in the upper echelon of of, of great mass wrestlers of all time. Um, had a great feud with Mr. Wrestling number two, which is generally considered the greatest mass wrestler versus mass wrestler feud in history. Their matches are legendary. And then uh, we mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was, we were live yet, but uh, Will and I were talking about his legendary feud with the great black Jack Mulligan in 1970. Yeah. I mentioned at the top of the show, 12 cage matches in the summer of 78 that each went 90 minutes long. So mass superstar, uh, Bill Eady, one of the greats, man. 
Man, uh, so I was just watching the chat here, and uh, lots of people just uh, bring it up, people. Uh, bring it up, mass wrestlers in the chat. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Eric Dale saying, worst masked wrestler was Texas Red. That guy never amounted to anything. And uh, John Stallman, <laughs> did uh, Mantar wrestle with that mask? No, I don't think he wore that mask in the ring. I think he took the big helmet off, sort of like Vader. I think he had a, a regular one on under that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in, the, the blue... uh, in the... Oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I was, was just going to say, here say... locally in the... <laughs> what is happening? Uh, go, Rob. No. Here locally in the, Chatt in the Chattanooga area at the American Wrestling Federation... Uh, there's a guy that uh, called Robbie Rude, and uh, you know after his suspension, uh, someone came in under a mask by the name of Roberto Grossero, um, and it was you know I, it, it's very intriguing to me. But uh, anyway, go ahead, Gary. No, I was I, you know it was funny. I was going to bring up Robbie Rude, but I didn't want to like I know he's like a kind of a controversial figure. Did he like get some kind of lawsuit? Did something to do with farm animals or something like that? I feel like he's a jerk, man. He's a jerk. And those are only allegations. First of all, none of that was proven. <laughs> uh, no, I had to, I had to bring up that. Uh, well, we had Brian Rosa bring it up. Uh, Mascarito was a great mini wrestler. Uh, and John Stallman mentioning, wasn't Eddie Gilbert, Freddy Krueger in Japan as well. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? And it turns out, look at that. Freddy Krueger <laughs> in Japan. And uh, nice. he's uh, slicing open foreheads with his knife fingers. So, yeah, Freddy Krueger as a master wrestler. There you go. Uh, oh Mr. Gilbert. So congratulations. I did not know about that before now. Yeah. And one thing that I was going to mention, too, uh, Ryan Romano brought this up in the chat. But, you know, the uh, the wife of the real world's champion, Mickey James, uh, did appear back in 2017 as part of a tag team, La Luchadora, and uh, it ended up being her and Alexa Bliss. Um, but as Front Row mentions here, um, it was actually for most of the matches that they had on SmackDown, um, the the non-Alexa Bliss uh, character was Deanna Perrazzo, which is pretty interesting. So she was under the mask for a while, but then when they got to um, the unmasking, it ended up being Mickey James. So that was a cool, a cool storyline. You don't see a lot of that happening um, in female wrestling. So that was pretty cool to see that in the last few years. Absolutely. Who was the girl guys, uh, all the M uh, the, the mission pro fam. There was a, uh, a girl uh, that wrestled under a mask. They're here either the last show or the show before that black widow, I think was her name. Very good. Oh, yeah. She's she's a local in the uh, uh, a mainstay in the uh, in the Texas area, um, and I was really impressed with her. She looked great. She she you know had a lot of charisma and moved well about the ring and just got a fantastic look. I think her name was Black Widow. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. If Rose is in there still, I'm, I know Ryan Romano probably knows the answer. Yeah, um, you know, and Ryan Romano also mentioning, uh, yeah, Brian Rose is saying it is Black Widow. Yeah, I and, liked her uh, a lot, man. The um, Ryan Romano also mentioned Insidious one earlier, so that's worth mentioning as well uh, as a mess wrestler, a female mess wrestler. So very cool. Uh, and uh, John Stallman wants us to not forget the Memphis legends of Tagar, Lord of the Volcano, and the Christmas Creature. So definitely worth <laughs> mentioning those two as well. Um, let's see here. I was looking at... Uh, 
what what that came to my mind just now as we were sitting here talking too was the black scorpion i don't think we've brought up the black scorpion but there's another mm-hmm. masked wrestling story that was like a main event program and uh so just kind of cool to remember these things uh for those that don't know he was tormenting sting the black scorpion and uh turned out to be sting's arch nemesis rick flair under the mask once it was all said and done not the whole time but would right, it matter right. i think uh i think at one point again and you had to correct me gary i believe early on when jim hurd was you know batting this idea around i think it was al perez was going was the original black scorpion i could be wrong about that that name seems to come to, to mind they, they wanted they wanted uh flair to shave his head and come out as uh as like some roman gladiator you know guy and like he's rick flair you don't put rick flea don't shave his yeah. head he's rick flair you know just like to answer ryan Romano's question earlier you don't put nick aldis in a mask bro <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah uh, i see james Lawrence. Yeah. al perez is correct yeah 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 um and john stallman was thinking it should have been Oli. and uh ryan wilcox asking an excellent question does the gobbledygooker count he uh It'd, yeah, he'd be a good. <laughs> I guess in the sec in the second tier, right? <laughs> or no? Yeah, I guess he'd be a tier. classic first tier because because you don't we don't know who you know <laughs> the gobbledygooker, but uh, he was one of the Guerreros. He was a uh, Hector Guerrero, I believe, right? Yeah. So I think so. Yeah. Classic Eddie Guerrero wore a mask for a little while. I feel like. Uh, well, mm-hmm. no, Brian Russ even pointed that out in the chat. Eddie Guerrero used to wear the mask also. So interesting. I have uh, a list of best and worst masks of all time. Black Scorpio was on that list. That's what brought it up to me. Uh, was it on the, the best uh, or worst? That was on the worst. There was, There's a lot I don't even remember from the worst. Uh, there was a Barry Windlewood here from uh, like Slamboree 94. And I don't even remember. Yeah, wasn't that. he Barry Wyndham was did the dirty yellow dog thing too, didn't he? Yeah, he was I he was so. yellow dog. There was a there was a few iterations of yellow dog. The one I mentioned earlier was Brian Pillman, and that was after Barry Wyndham had originally done it. Um so it was kind of a recurring gimmick, masked gimmick. Yeah, there was the Miz as the Calgary kid. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Devon apparently worked under a mask when it came to the aces and eights program. They mentioned uh shock master here. Uh, there's the butcher, uh, which, you know, the butcher, that was just how Halloween havoc 94. The butcher would, <laughs> he was Bruce and Barber beefcake. Uh, <laughs> but he, he bounced around gimmicks pretty regularly. He was the Zodiac, the man with no name, uh, the booty man, which is, my favorite and uh, the disciple, but uh, yeah. So, and uh, apparently Vince Russo and TNA in 2004 went as uh, Mr. Wrestling three. So there's that, <laughs> but some uh, weird gimmicks. Uh, let's see here. What's, what's our chat saying? Yeah. Battle cat got brought up. That was an interesting one. I keep seeing bounced around. Uh uh, also, uh, yeah, John Solomon said Eddie was the second black tiger, uh, tiger mass nemesis in the comics. And, uh, Benoit was the Pegasus kid. You had just incredible. He was Aldo Montoya 
there for a while. Max Moon, which I think was Conan at first, right? And uh, anyway, whatever happened to Los Conquistadores. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, uh, I do have Bleacher Report did a top 35 uh, mass oh, wrestlers specific. of all time. Yeah, they went 35. <laughs> Who are the 35 greatest mass wrestlers of all time? We can do the top 10, or if you want to hear, I could run through the earlier ones. Just I feel uh, like that, just, that they wanted to do a top 50 and they just got to 35 and couldn't think of anymore whoever was putting it together. Because <laughs> it seems feels like, like an lot, odd number to aim some, for. I mean, I'm looking at it and the 35, I mean, like number 35 is Delirious, who we haven't mentioned at all. So uh, there, there's Delirious, he's 35. 34 is El Generico. We haven't mentioned El Generico at all, uh, a.k.a. Sammy Zayn. And yeah, Brian Rosa mission. Dr. Wagner Jr. How can we forget him? That's a good one. Uh, Ryan Romano wants the list, so we're going to run through the list. I hope you're ready. So uh, number 33, the Hurricane. Number 32, Super Strong Machine, a.k.a. Junji Hirata. I uh, was not familiar with him. Um Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Wait, he wor- he wrestled with Andre the Giant, right? As the machine. So that's where he comes from. 31 is Abismo Negro uh, in CMLL and AAA. Uh, number 30, the great Sasuke. And number 29, the Dragon Kid. Number 28, Averno. Uh, let's see here. Haven't seen much out of him. El Oriental is number 27. And here is Brian Rosa's request. Number 26 is Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, Number 25 is Juventud Guerrero. Number 24, the Monster Abyss. Former NWA heavyweight champion. Easy, Gary. Easy. What? what? <laughs> you have to qualify that he's a second tier. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Number 23 is The Spoiler. Number 22 is Dos Caras. 21 is Tiger they, Mask. Hold, Gary, hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. I'm sorry. Do they provide any rationale on their rankings? Because I'm they rated The Spoiler as, as what now? The spoiler and I know you're not about in. to say Tiger Mask. Oh, I was. Number 23 was the spoiler. Uh, All right. The most non-credible list of all time. Go ahead. Proceed. All right. Uh, So, so yeah. uh, Number 21 was Tiger Mask 1. So, so what they said about it, the popular Tiger Mask gimmick in Japan was based upon the similarly popular anime of the same distinction. The original owner of the Tiger Mask gimmick was Satoru Sayama, who created the gimmick okay. as a means to connect with the New Japan Pro Wrestling audience. Despite owning the Tiger Mask gimmick for just over one year, Tiger Mask influence had a significant influence on the culture of Japanese wrestling and continues to be a staple of Japanese wrestling to this day with the recent debut of a fifth-generation Tiger Mask. All right, so I think there's other Tiger Mask coming. Uh, Number 20 is Mr. Wrestling. Uh, I think this is one. And number 19 is two. Number 18 is Tiger Mask 2. 
who is played by Masura mm. Masara Masawa, uh, who they say here, even at number 18 on this list, is arguably the greatest Japanese pro wrestler in history. But uh, yeah, interesting. Wait, this number top 17. 10 better be good, man. There better be some people we're just like not even thinking about. <laughs> 17 anyway, is Tiger Mask 4. Uh, 16 is Liz Mark. Number 15, L. Kadek. And number 14. Greater than the L spoiler. Greater than the spoiler, huh? <laughs> Rob's not having it. Uh, number 14, El Hio Del Santo. Uh, so that's the son of Del Santo, right? And uh, number 13 is Psychosis. Number 12 is L.A. Park. Now, this is not just for the people that are confused. There were two of these guys. I think L.A. Park just passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, LaParka originally lost the rights to his name. Uh, he was LaParka was the one. No, wait, I'm sorry. Am I messing this up? LaParka was the one in WCW. And he lost the rights to the name, so he had to start going by L.A. Park. And uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, number 11 they have listed here as Mankind. There it is. So now before we get into the number 10, I see some AEW uh, mentions here in the chat. And There's not going to be any AEW mentions in this list, I don't believe. So I wouldn't hold them to that. Like, uh, obviously, Ray Phoenix and uh, 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 Pitta El Cero, uh, they're obviously two of the best right now, but they're, you know, they're not in the, the greatest of all time list right this second. Neil Benedict's not feeling this. He's already like, this is wrong. James Lawrence is calling foul for no spoiler. No, right. he's right, man. The spoiler is one of the definitely in the top ten, man. There's no, there's no way there's a credible list, and he's not on the top ten. But anyway, proceed. So, so angry. All right, well, let's jump into number ten. Are you ready, Rob? Are you ready to find out? <laughs> it is Jushin Liger. I agree. Uh, so they list here, this decorated junior heavyweight is widely regarded as one of the greatest masked wrestlers to ever come out of Japan. Liger has competed in promotions ranging from WCW to New Japan, even Ring of Honor and NXT, showcasing an extended moveset with every stop. His most famous mover, maneuver, the Liger Bomb, has been used by a handful of top main event talents, including Batista. To submit his legacy as a top junior heavyweight, Liger has captured both the WCW and WWF light heavyweight championships during an impressive North American wrestling career. So there you go. Jushin Liger is number 10. Everybody. Okay. Everybody's happy with Liger. Although Neil, Neil thinks Liger should be at number five. We'll let's, we'll see. We'll get to the top five here. Uh, let's go down to number nine. And that is blue demon. Number nine. There he is. Uh, Blue Demon was one of many masked Lucha Libre wrestlers to use their popularity in pro wrestling as a means to launch a movie career. Like El Santo, Blue Demon started several Luchador films and was even featured in his own self-titled documentary in 1989. Blue Demon in movies was 
often seen as a cheap replacement for legendary mass wrestler El Sante El Santo, with whom Blue Demon had a high-profile feud with in the early 50s. Blue Demon, ladies and gentlemen, number nine. That's not Blue Demon Jr., by the way. That's just the OG Blue Demon. Uh, all right. So let's move on, and let's go to number eight. Rob, you I, you look like you're anticipating. I like this. Yeah, this number, is cute. Yeah, yeah. All right. They list number eight <laughs> as Big Van Vader, number eight on the Masked Wrestlers list. Vader is arguably the greatest super heavyweight to compete in pro wrestling. His athletic prowess as a 300-pounder made him one of the most imposing forces in a host of both national and international wrestling promotions. So, product of AWA, made a big splash in New Japan, made his way to WCW in 90, and a big-time star in 92, had feuds with the likes of Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Mick Foley, Dominated WCW as a multiple-time heavyweight champion. His third world championship reign ended when he lost a Flair in an emotional match with Flair's career on the line. Vader competed in WWE under the moniker Vader and remained similarly as dominant as he came within an eyelash of winning the WWE championship from Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 1996. So there you have Big Van Vader. That description, by the way, that they just gave made it sound like he should be the number one best wrestler honestly so uh anyway lots of people now getting upset about blue demon well it's a little too late now too late they already they already made the list uh james lawrence thinks vader should be number one anyway all right so we're gonna move down to number seven are you guys still with me you guys feeling this will rob thoughts so far yeah yeah so far i've not been i mean i I think i the, the list isn't terrible the top 10 i mean Vader, I think, runs the. Uh, you you got to, you know, is he in that same sort of abyss tier of like, is he really a mass wrestler? Um, you know, I don't have a problem with him being considered a mass wrestler. I like Blue Demon uh, in there. Is he top five? I'm not sure. I mean, he held the NWA championship, so that counts for something. I definitely think Jushin Thunder Liger should be in the top five. Uh, but so far, this list is not a terrible list as far as the top 10 goes. <clears throat> I'm reserving judgment till the end. I'm waiting to see. Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't putting anybody to sleep by by reading this uh this list. It's time! It's time! It's Vader! Time! 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 Did I do that properly? Dead ahead, Ari? I think I did. All right, number seven on this list is it's Kane. It's Kane, number seven. Look at that, the big red machine. Um, Kane is one of the most tenured superstars on the WWE roster going in the hall of fame this year, by the way. Uh, but he goes all the way back to his days as Isaac Yakum and fake diesel at, at WWE. Uh, but he lightning struck when he was, uh, at WWE's bad blood in 1997 and joined the roster as the undertaker's little baby brother. He has since terrorized the WWE and is one of two superstars in history to win the World Heavyweight Championship, now known as the Universal Championship now, I think, and WWE Championship and ECW Championship. He won them all, all of the heavyweight titles in WWE. Uh, even though he unmasked in 2003, Kane remains one of the longest tenured veterans on the WWE roster. So there he is. Number seven is Kane. 
All right. Uh, John Stallman says Vader over Kane. Uh, and so is James Lawrence. People, we're losing them. We're losing them, guys. You're not feeling this Bleacher Report list. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to number... I just forgot. Hold on. Found it. There. Number six. Robert, you ready for this? I feel like you might appreciate number six. I think if we could ever win Rob back, it's with this one. It's going to be... There he is. Dick Byer. So uh, maybe I feel like Rob's nodding along. Dick Byer was a true pioneer in the mass wrestling genre as he has trained and competed against several of the mass wrestling genre's most prestigious talents from the 50s through the 80s. Byer showcased his flexibility as a mass wrestler competing as both the Destroyer and Dr. X. Byer's outstanding career took him through various NWA territories, mainly on the West Coast. Some of Byer's most prominent opponents include Bob Backlund, Andre the Giant, and the Funks. And there you go. <clears throat> Destroyer, Dick Byer. As, Dick uh, Byer is uh, a lot of people credit with him with bring, bringing the, the mass style to Japan. Uh, he wrestled the great Ricky Dozen in like 1963. And they drew 70 million viewers on television for that match, which in, in for that viewing audience was the highest ever except for game six of the 86 World Series. Um, he, uh, according to Ric Flair, uh, Dick Byer was the greatest practitioner of the figure four leg lock. Um, and Joe uh, Shohei, uh, Shohei Giant Baba, when he retired in 93, uh, picked Byer as his tag team partner. Um, and so he, he is one of the greats, whether he was Dr. X or whether he was destroyer, he is, he deserves to be on that list. Maybe even as far up, up as number one. So there you go. All right. Well, let's find out now who comes in at number five on this list of the greatest mass wrestlers of all time. It is Ultimo Dragon. They say here, Ultimo Dragon was such a decorated athlete that championship belts were basically part of his wardrobe. As a world-renowned talent by way of Japan, the Dragon migrated to WCW where he continued his unstoppable path as one of the top cruiserweights in that division. Dragon is created, or credited with creating the Ase Moonsault used by the likes of Chris Jericho. And while his run in WWE left much to be desired, he will always be regarded as one of the top masked wrestlers to ever compete inside of a wrestling ring ultimo dragon at number five i wish i could read all this and see rob's face at the same time that's the that's the trouble i just always want to see hey, what put, Rob. Put that, put that picture up real quick though look, look at that look at those belts man that joker literally holding 30 pounds of gold right there <laughs> with all he got 30 pounds of gold in addition to the other belts i love that yeah. picture that is a cool picture, man. That's always the one I think of when I think of the Ultimo Dragon. Uh, I mean, I loved the Ultimo Dragon in WCW, by the way. When I was uh, watching the WCW in the late 90s, like I, I dug Ultimo Dragon a lot. I thought he was cool. He had some great matches with uh, a lot of people, but uh, he was also, you know, just well-known all over the world. Uh, let's see. Ryan Romano says, y'all know more about wrestling history of wrestling than I do, but it seems to me some of these placements on this list are based more on popularity than what they brought to the ring. Could be. Could be, right. Bleacher Report? No. 
Bleacher <laughs> Report is a credible wrestling publication. <laughs> People do love Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. But James Lawrence even going in on, I loved the dragon sleeper. So did I, buddy. I always thought that was a cool move. All right. So let's find out who comes in at number four. This is a weird one to me, I think, but I obviously maybe more of our, uh, wrestling fans out of Mexico will appreciate this a little bit more. I wasn't familiar with him before his latest run, which did not go well. Number four is Mystico. They uh, say so you might know him these days as Sin Cara, but when it all is said and done, he more likely want to take credit for being the guy who portrayed the electrifying Mystico character before he tried his hand at WWE. Mystico is widely regarded as one of the biggest box office draws in Mexican history with his high flying style often considered better than that of his legendary Lucha Libre counterparts. Mystico's accolades in Mexico landed him a high-profile contract in WWE, uh, where he would be one of the first signings of their new talent division, rebranded as Sin Cara. He failed to <clears throat> capture the magic he had in Mexico due to communication constraints and growing pains of working in North American style of pro wrestling. And uh, let's see here. Despite how that career panned out, nobody can take everything, anything away from Mystico as one of the all-time greats in lucha libre so mystico there uh is number four on the all-timers list hmm. uh james lawrence says no sin cara is not better than ultimo dragon or vader <laughs> uh so anyway <laughs> so let's move on to number three who are the top three well, number three, this is going to cause an uproar because I feel like this is easily the number one on most lists. But number three is El Santo. He is number three. And it's uh, more than just a mass wrestler in his home country of Mexico. Uh, he translated to mainstream appeal as an icon of Mexico. He was a John Cena type figure is what they say. I think that's truly a John Cena type figure in Mexico. El Santo used his popularity to launch a prominent movie career that included over 50 Lucha Libre films. Like many mass legends, El Santo never lost a match where his prestigious mask was on the line. And following his retirement, he bequeathed his prestige to his son who carried on the El Santo tradition with <clears throat> pride. Uh, so there he is. El Santo, but I feel like John Cena is unfair. Like he's like bigger than Hulk Hogan in terms of popularity. Like as far as in Mexico, El Santo was, was hot stuff, man. Yeah. That's not like a bad rock. I, I, I like, I like, I like him uh, again. I think beyond his, his mad ability, which was there, he was really, man, he was the first big, he was the first big, like, Mexican cultural icon. Um, and it, of course he would even draw some of his contemporaries like Mil Mascaris into the Lucha Libre cinema, which is a distinctly Mexican thing, man. I mean, these are, he would battle robots, vampires, aliens. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, a, I, I like that pick. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that at all. That's a, that's a good one. You're lining right up with James Lawrence says, I'm not mad at El Santo at number three. But front row says number one better be Lucha House Party. 
Patrick Griffiths, unhappy, said, Santo not being number one is a miscarriage of justice. Give me a Hey, break. you got an argument. You got an argument, Patrick. You, 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 that argument can be made. I don't, I don't disagree with you in principle. I mean, I think when you get to, if this list is good, when you get to the top three, there should be such little daylight between the three of them that we're just talking about preference points here at this point. The top three should be like, and I know, I already know it's going to be jacked up because number one's not on there, at least on my, you know, but El Santo, I think being three is just like being number one at this point. He's definitely one of the greats. Uh, like I was saying earlier, my wife and I, we vacation in uh, Tulum, Mexico. It's a beautiful vacation destination. And there El Santo is like the revered. They revere them like we, like Americans should revere wrestlers. I mean, they have a certain respect and the way they esteem uh, those legends. We should do that here. We can learn a lot from from them and and uh, and the Japanese school as well. So, uh, John Selva says El Santo was the rock of Mexico, uh, and Rod Gibson says Mil Mascaris will be number one. So get the sparks flaring, John. Well, Rod, <laughs> I want to tell you something you're not going to like to hear. And that is that number two on this list is Bill Mascaris. <laughs> he is not number one. Uh, so sorry to disappoint you. Uh, there he is, Bill Mascaris. Bill uh, Mascaris is comparable to Hulk Hogan at Mexican wrestling for better and for worse as a member of the prominent Ariano family, uh, which includes like Alberto Del Rio, Dos Caras Sr. Mascaris became one of the biggest stars that... <laughs> Mexican professional wrestling has ever seen. However, Mascaris is not without his critics, namely Chris Jericho and Mick Foley, who have complained of his propensity to no-sell maneuvers during matches. Of course, Mascaris' mask was successfully defended on every occasion, and he also starred alongside fellow mask celebrity El Santo and others in a series of Lucha Libre films. He has been recognized by the WWE as one of the greatest mask wrestlers of all time, and despite a controversial career, there is no denying that few can hold a candle to his accomplishments. Number two, Bill Mascaris. So there you go. Yeah, right. the man of a thousand masks. There you go. And surprisingly, we all know where that leaves us. It leaves us at Brian Rosa already called it Cobra Moon, number one. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, we wish. One day, one day, Thunder Rosa might be number one if they include painted faces as uh, masked uh, wrestlers. But John Stallman's only are already on it. Roscoe, the list is from Bleacher Report. Oh, they're telling you in the chat. Thank you, guys. And so number one on your list, of course, who else is left? Number one has to be Ray Mysterio Jr., number one masked wrestler of all time, according to Bleacher Report. Uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. has to be considered the greatest masked wrestler of all time for his accolades on both the international circuit and national wrestling scene. Unlike the majority of his fellow masked competitors, Ray Mysterio became a huge star in America in addition to his fame in Mexico. This product of San Diego competed in WCW, where he was the most popular cruiserweight and even holds victories over the likes of Kevin Nash, despite his diminutive frame. Mysterio didn't miss a beat when he eventually signed with the WWE to do everything that the Ultimo Dragon was supposed to do but couldn't. Mysterio inherited his gimmick 
from his uncle, Ray Mysterio Sr. And like many next generation Lucha Libres, he surpassed his predecessor on the strength of a career that will be considered Hall of Fame caliber, no matter who you ask. Number one is Ray Mysterio Jr. So there's the did list. Say, did, did they say Ray Mysterio Jr.? Um, hmm. yeah, that's a good question. Let's see here. They said, yes, they specifically said Ray Mysterio Jr. Interesting, because Ray Mysterio Jr. was in WCW, was unmasked, and now he is remasked in WWE as Ray Mysterio. So, that's a good point. Little uh, differentiation there. Oh, if you lose yeah. the mask, that persona is gone forever. So, Will's not wrong. Yeah, and he did honor that. He he did honor that. Yeah. He was Rey Mysterio Jr. I think he changed the spelling of it, too, when he came to WWE. So it's like a slight differentiation. That's how he was able to, to get back under the mask and continue what he was doing. But just he found you know, a loophole, semantics. He found a loophole. <laughs> semantics. Semantics. But I just wondered if they said Rey Mysterio or Rey Mysterio Jr. Because that would technically be his... I mean, I guess they're right. I mean, that was his his most popular was probably you know his WCW run. I mean, that's where he became a household name. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think they just mean the guy under the mask is really what they're focused in on, and uh, so because they're obviously talking about his WCW career there at first, but also that he came to WWE and managed to succeed as a superstar. He's like the one guy, you know, I mean, in the days like now where, you know, his his size w- would impact him and, and arguably Vince still didn't love it. But, you know, you don't see anybody really bitch about him having been a world heavyweight champion, uh, Rey Mysterio. So, you know, he he surpassed everybody. Uh, but Brian Rosa in here throwing it out. The top 10 should be wrestlers that never took the mask off. So there's some shade thrown. Yeah. Thrown Ray Ray's I mean, way. You can't argue with Ray, but there you look at that. You named 35 men um, on that list, and uh, no mention was made of Jody Hamilton, the masked assassin. No mention was made of the Midnight Rider. No mention was made of, uh, of Bullet Bob Armstrong, the bullet. That he, you know, that 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 he would go under. I mean, there's so no Mr. Wrestling number two. Did was he up there? Surely he was up there, right? In the top 35. He was uh yeah, he was on there. Wrestling one okay. and two were on there. Gotcha, gotcha. It's just uh, the when you get names like that that are in my book should be obviously top ten guys, and you don't even mention the masked assassin, there's something not right. That that's a short side or the bullet. You don't mention those guys, you know, you don't mention the uh, uh it's just, yeah, man. I was like, Ryan Romano, Mr. Wrestling 2 was Thank number you, 19. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Wrestling 1 was number 20. All right. Well, look, look at this. We'll just real quick, we'll just like, uh, I'll plow right through this. Uh, the Sportster, I just pulled it up for the heck of it. They have the 15. 15 is Psychosis, 14 Laparca, 13 Cade, 12 Mankind, 11. Masked superstar slash axe they put here. Number 10, Miss Mr. Wrestling 2. Number 9, Ultimo Dragon. Number 8, Kendo Nagasaki, who was not even on that list before. Number 7, The Assassins. 
And number six, El Solitario. And number five, Mil Mascaris. Number four, Jushin Liger. Number three, The Destroyer. Number two, Ray Ray. And number one, Tiger Mask. So the sports yeah. are just mm. like on a whole other a whole other place over there. Here, here's they a list that I liked. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Here's a list that I liked, and and I did I did disagree with the honorable mention. They this was just a top ten list. It was from Bell to Bell. Very good list. I mean, I would probably order these differently, but most most of these guys you can make a credible case. They had uh, El Santo and Mil Mascaris at honorable mention, and I disagree with that. And I listened to that particular episode. And they 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 say they said look this is not because they don't be, deserve to be number one it's just because we're listening to the people that we were familiar with and we we like I was saying earlier we knew them from the magazine only from afar so we didn't get to so they they included them as honorable mention but then in their top ten they had the Midnight Rider at number ten the Spoiler at number nine uh, Jody Hamilton or the Mass Assassin at number eight Ray Mysterio Jr. at number seven the Bullet at number six. Jushin Thunder Liger at number five, Tiger Mask at number four, Mr. Wrestling number two uh, at number three, the Mass Superstar Bill Eadie at number two, and then number one was the Destroyer or Dr. X. I like that list. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Roscoe, Great Sasuke was mentioned on the original list, the Bleacher Report list. He was at number 30 um, on that list. Blue Demon Jr. Willie was never brought up. Uh, not so far. He hasn't. He hasn't been mentioned. I guess they brought up uh, Blue, Blue Demon Senior. Yeah, they did bring up Senior. Hayabusa was never on any of the list. Uh, spoiler was yeah. Terry Spoiler made it um, on the the original list. Um. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's all. I guess it's subjective, but we should make the definitive list. We should have. We should have yeah. just. Yeah, just I, gone I, in there. I thought Rob like, was going to show up with one. <laughs> I thought so too. Analysis. We we ran our program that we uh you know we we, we spent the weekend writing a Pascal script and coding and all that and ran the uh, one loss record and the uh, the monetary figures and the and uh, we generated the top ten list of all time and something was wrong with the uh, the the formatting or something and we weren't able to you know they crashed and and then it just Retromania start popped up. I'm so sorry for it, row with Sasuke. Sasuke. Great Sasuke. Roscoe what El Samurai in there. Did Jack Stade? Is that Jack Stade's masked persona, Roscoe? Uh, <laughs> all right, here. One more, just for the hell of it. Let's run through it real quick. Here's Watt Culture, who they're pretty popular in the wrestling scene right now. They say number 10 is Ultimo Dragon. And number nine. Now, number nine, they say, is a tie. Blue Demon, Blue Demon Jr., they give oh. to number nine. Number eight, they say, is Kane. Number seven, they tie with Kendo Nagasaki and Mil Maskeris. So they're, they're hedging here. They has got a bunch of ties. Hmm. Number six is Jushin Thunder Liger. Number five, The Destroyer. Number four, Tiger Mask one. And number three, Mr. Wrestling two. Number two, Ray Mysterio. And they just say Ray Mysterio, Will. 
And number one, they have as El Santo as number one at Watt Culture. So I wish one of these lists would have dug deep and, 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 you know, threw the mass marble on there or the mass wrestler from those early days as, as pioneers and forerunners of the, of the tradition, you know, certainly mass marble should, should be on the list. You would feel, I mean, the mass marble just, you know, mask anybody. And he's, he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) He's right there with anybody. So you want to make sure to do this again. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Uh, we, uh, we, we obviously, we, uh, you got to check out our history of pro wrestling episode. We talk a lot about these guys and the mass Marvel. We get a phone call from the mass Marvel, but anyway, don't mass. Don't tell. Just listen to the episode (laughs) and uh, check that out. All right. Well, uh, what else do you guys want to run through as we, as we wind down our evening here, I guess. Yeah, we. I mean, we about covered Definitely. it. Unless anybody in the chat has anything to add, um, you know, I like I like talking about stuff like this and just feeling out. You know, everybody comes from a different place and has different influences, and every every you know generation has mass wrestling at, at a different place. I mean, I look at now, and um, you know, I I don't here in America at least it's not as prominent. We've got a few, you know big names out there. And I think AEW in particular has probably, you know, the most mass wrestlers, you know, at, that are active and that are big parts of storylines. And, um, but, you know, it's just always interesting to see, you know, when that next kind of big mass wrestler, I mean, we've got the Lucha bros right now in AEW that people have mentioned a lot in the chat uh, and with good reason. Um, and you got you know, various members of, of the Dark Order over in AEW that are masked. Um, so, uh, and obviously Rey Mysterio still still kicking it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a fun conversation. I like these kind of conversations just to see you know where everyone's coming from, get all the different different viewpoints. Yeah, yeah we did uh, get a- go ahead, Rob. I was just to say go go to our Discord, man. Throw some ideas. We want to start doing these on Sunday evenings, having these type of roundtable discussions. You've got a topic that interests you. The world of wrestling is so multifaceted and so rich. I, I saw someone in there mention maybe we can do a discussion on the painted wrestlers, you know, and uh, there's no there's no telling where we could go with this. So don't forget to be active, you know, even if it's not Tuesday night or Sunday night. We're active almost every day in the Discord and, you know, just uh, get in there, shoot some ideas. We'd love to hear some topics. Um, this kind of stuff I think is really, really fun. Yeah, um, it's it's funny. Like mass wrestlers, they just they, I feel like there's something immediately um, that stands out about them as opposed to to most wrestlers. You know, just like especially as a young guy, like watching wrestling. You know, like they're just fun. There's like a very like superhero aspect to them. So it's it's fun seeing the mass wrestlers. I always was a big fan. I was trying to think of like who really stood out to me as a kid as a masked wrestler. I remember, I remember the blue blazer, like very vaguely, like as a kid, I mean, I remember him coming back as, you know, like later on and stuff like that. But, uh, 
I don't know. I, I was a huge fan of all the luchadors in WCW. I love that. Like I saw Psychosis get a shout out on one of those lists. Uh, he's he's underrated. Psychosis is fantastic. But uh, but yeah, Liger is very fun. Um, painted wrestlers would be an interesting topic, Rob. I think we should well do that sometime. Um, but anyway, I guess if uh, nobody has anything else to add, we, we had a lot of suggestions in the chat rooms, uh, just to in the Discord. Uh, there was talk about obviously Kane and Tiger Mask and Rey Mysterio. And the Patriot was mentioned early on. Vader was mentioned. Uh, there was a discussion like you you saw with the yeah Rob. I think you talked about it at the top uh, that. Uh, that Dave Marquez talked with you about Abyss uh, being a masked wrestler or not, uh, that kind of stuff. I was looking through Twitter just to give some shout outs here. Uh, the new under God uh, said, I've heard of Mil Mascaris and Mystico, and I was watching some New Japan and All Japan matches. I was so interested. I started to watch Lucha Libre more often, and I wanted to know a lot more. I like them as any other wrestler, but each time I see a luchador, I think of tradition in their family. Um, so this is interesting. Like just, uh, he got caught up in the luchador aspect of things as a Japanese fan. Um, and, uh, Dave Scooby pointing out red river, Jack, uh, thumb of sloth style, bringing up JYD is stagger Lee, uh, and Mr. America blue blazer, dustiest midnight rider, that sort of thing. Uh, I see Bill Mascaris mentioned a gig, Kendo Nagasaki. Uh, that's from Chris Flackett. Uh, Willie Williams bringing up question mark. We'll always give a shout out to question mark there. And uh, let's see. Og, Ogmund Prime says, any mass team where the body types matched like the infamous partner switch without a tag is still one of my favorite heel tactics. The interns, the super D's, the Texas hangmen, they all fit the bill. Uh, K.S. Davis was a big Blitzkrieg fan in 99. He also dug Super Callow. And uh, let's see here. Elder Sour. You had, you had War match. Machine that uh, joined uh, joined the Four Horsemen uh, during the War Games era. Remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, 15th Street Marketing says, Thunderfoot 1 and 2 pre-Crockett Cup. Why? Because they were forced to sell against their will. They had no choice. Rudder up, Golden Terror, Deacon Blue. Those are some names I'm not familiar with. Uh, Mr. Troy bringing up Ray Fury, who's around right now. And uh, yeah, and um, here is, sorry, I'm just running through the Twitter list here, but uh, Tommy Wrestles mentions the Vianos, all of those guys. Um, and uh, let's see here. And then Luke Michaels again bringing up the question mark. So all of those, all of those names, Damian Redman, uh, Matt Anza, Killshot, Son of Havoc, uh, and Ryan Wilcox, <laughs> Ryan Wilcox bringing up our old friend, Gentleman Jervis, master <laughs> of the Rockabye Slam. So, <laughs> so many, so many great and talented uh, individuals went through Chikara, you know, uh, up in Allentown in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Mike Quackenbush's uh, promotion. I don't think it's active anymore, but uh, you had some really, you know, they were distinctively, distinctively masked. I mean, you had people in there. You had like Eddie Kingston and 
Blackjack, uh, uh, I forget Blackjack's last name, but they they went as the as the wild cards, and you had, you know, Quackenbush and all that. But you had a whole host of great um, mass wrestlers, Hallow Wicked. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just a ton of a ton of guys uh, that came through there, and I think Jervis probably at some point made his way through Chikara Pro as well. Ryan Romano throwing in here. This is a good idea. Let's do a night where we rank the wrestlers of Mission Pro. I have that list ready to go. I'd be interested to see that, Ryan. You gotta you gotta throw that our way. That'll be fun. Um let's see here. I'm trying to just get everybody in here. Terry McDermott saying Tulsa's version of Dr. X was great. Uh Eric Dale saying Lord Humongous in Championship Wrestling in Memphis. Uh, the Red Devil mentioned here. Willie Bowen mentioned him. Rocky Johnson as Sweet Ebony Diamond. And uh, there was a, a bat man, a bat with two T's man. Damien, we threw <laughs> up Arachna Man. We threw up Arachna Man, Damien. There he is. In all his glory. Um, all right, guys. Well, it's that time. I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here and uh, get on our merry way. It's Sunday night. Thank you all for being here with us. I love talking to you guys and just chatting about wrestling, just uh, being a part of this uh, crew and having fun and just, uh, I don't know, these Sunday roundtables could be interesting. And uh, we'll we'll try to get the questions out sooner so you guys can fill in and become prepared with stuff. we got a lot of ideas, but if you have topic ideas – that you want to do round tables on throw it to us let us know you can hit us up at tipw show at gmail.com or just at tipw show on all the social medias we love you guys seriously thank you so much for hanging out with us and just like spur of the moment showing up on a sunday night and just chilling talking about wrestling just reminiscing hitting on the nostalgia i think i think we finally just come to terms with this is our lane like we love like the nostalgia aspect of wrestling. We like wrestling history. We like just talking about wrestling loosely. Uh, and uh, obviously we love our NWA, but uh, we'll be over on their channel uh, for that on Tuesday night. So we hope you join us there after power. If you haven't already done it on fight TV, you gotta, you gotta jump on power. And uh, I don't know. Is anybody out there? You're not on power. Or you're not you're not already on Fight TV watching Power. I'd love to know why. I'd love to hear your feedback on that because uh, it's four ninety nine. It's just like you know, go get you a skip your Subway sandwich for one night, and you can have a month of NWA Power. Fantastic wrestling. It's a good deal. Eat that. Can't beat it. So anyway, anything you guys want to add before we close this thing out? Happy Easter, man. See you guys on Tuesday. Oh, happy Easter, Rob. Old JC kicked out on, right right at the three count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a point. I said, I'm not responding to any of Gary's memes today. Although the rabbits were funny. The rabbits were funny, man. man. <laughs> oh, those were terrifying. Those were those scared me. I watched them this morning. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh man lots of people were excited by those i was just i don't know i got on a kick last night i was like you know what i found a few easter memes and then i was like i'm just gonna do a theme get it ready for sunday going into sunday it's gonna be all easter memes and then let's find the creepiest easter pictures we can find and turns out there's, you did it there's lots of them there, so yeah 
Anyway, all right. Well, that's at This Is Will Martin. So hit him up on Twitter. Send your nudes there. This is at This Is Dr. Stinson. <laughs> and uh, send your medical questions there. If Will tells you something looks weird, send it over to Dr. Stinson. <laughs> and then he'll give your med- his medical opinion on that. And uh, I am at This Is Gary Horn. Don't talk to me. And uh, thank you guys so much for... <laughs> For, I'm just kidding. Anyway, if you we like love you guys, Easter bunnies, you. you'll love Gary. Yeah, follow me on Instagram for all the creepy Easter bunnies you can stand. But uh, seriously, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We hope to see you on Tuesday night right after NWA Power over on the NWA's YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We'd love to have you. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube or you know people that watch YouTube and haven't subscribed to us, just tell everybody to subscribe to us. We're trying to get to a thousand. We, we need a thousand subscribers. That's our, our ultimate goal. And we're, we're working our way there, but slowly, but surely you guys can help, but only if you feel like it, because we're laid back. We cool. Anyway. All right. Thanks for hanging out. And until next time, enjoy your gravy cake.